Bavarian co falcherugus a kermach show, Jay Shachle. She Fiona McCardle Nish. I'm Fiona McCardle, and I'd like to welcome you to this programme, Shachle. This week in Shachle, on Shachle and Kirt Show, Snag Hjolons Percharn, Jazz in Port Heron. The Port Heron Jazz Festival takes place tomorrow, Friday the 8th of October, and on Saturday the 9th. And Bella Kerstel, Eshtasnish, Castletown, Past and Present. Another in the series of publications by Lochten Books, based on Ray Stanfield's collection of postcards and other images. She searched a hill to snag hill gautojach edin a kochanalin j slab and the row on New Orleans. Van a shan erachanok einit gol vosin Afrik, the staten unenasit America, as carniblinton. The tradition and cultural in Africa fost our marn. Och, co vested, lest tradition cultural in Orpa, henkus na stetan unenesaknes, as lest perchain a tradition and cultural na Americani dui. Tasnakiol of a co vested, lest searchin an casla de hiol. On Shetlin, heel and clyder guitar, Peary Willie Johnson, Eddie Langus Django Reinhardt, er a radio. As hoge leshen she and shen de go merish kyol fiddle a shetlin. Van band albanach, the easy club, kunta my jay kyol Stefan Grappelli. Nag kyol a ve mesh dit lesh kyol injanach, marsan player. As segatre ton, ta band maninach, trina kier, curlio achten, snag kyols jach, so tradition kelchach. Ta perchain a bagadu, britainach. Curse Jack, Dan, Snag Kyol, Sakyolok, yes. In Shachle last time, we heard from Jerry Carter about this week's Port Aaron Jazz Festival, staged with the support of Selton Manx and also Carter's and Words and Spaces. The two events at the Erin Arts Centre this Friday and Saturday evening, the 8th and 9th of October, have proved very popular, but there's still a chance to enjoy music throughout Saturday afternoon. Here's Jerry Carter to give us an overview again. Saturday afternoon is free jazz at the Bay Hotel. Three local bands and uh, a UK saxophone is called Becky Rourke coming over. She's playing with the Leeds Music College Band. Um, we've got Heinrich Coop and the Heinrich Maneuver. And we've got Martin Thomas's new band, Your Manx is Better Than Mine, Trini Carey, they're called. They're Trini Carey, yeah, three or, three or four. Three or four. They're a sort of a jazz twist on traditional Celtic tunes. So there's all exciting stuff. The Falcon's Nest, we've got the Big Wheel Blues Band. You can't have a festival without the Big Wheel Blues Band. They're an institution. Then we've got um, the Dave Holland Swing Band. I think Doug Davidson's making an appearance. Oh, right. So that'll be wonderful. Then we have Loose Crew. Uh, everyone knows and then we've got Blue Van in will be doing a short set with a few guests mm. on the Saturday afternoon it's free but the venues are quite small so if you're coming down probably best to get a seat early as well guaranteed a good day never, the wind never blows in Port Aaron as you well know <laughs> Jerry Carter who's been involved in organising the first Port Aaron Jazz Festival sponsored by Selton Manx Yasin the Shan Gregi and IJ Theatron. Ball Rieta, Voshen Vriogel, the Agen, the Yichener. On the Theatron, 
Bren the Clyder and Emma J. Cowrchen as dance. But Kiau Farathan and yes, Gent J. Foy, the Hajagamach skill rush na clashini. Och for Areon, yes, Foglen our Lord as Arena Nacoel. Erdon Treshen, the Tradishunach Ella, a ve prowl the Curlio Kujach, the Clyderan as Naclashtony. Och the Cajun, Tan Bonje, Pod Naclyderan, the Ginch Skeel, the Clashtony. Tan Schleihin, the Shen the Cur Er Naclashtony, and Vea Enechten, the Curaru, the Changler, Rish Naclyderan. Last time in Shachle as well, we heard from Annie Kizik about a presentation that took place in the Erin Arts Centre last Saturday evening with a short piece by Corey Phillips, Our Locker Charm, followed by a one-act play by Annie Kizik herself, The In-Between Times. Both pieces were commissioned by Culture Vannon and the online and educational resources officer James Franklin recorded the evening. Thanks to James, we can hear a brief extract from the evening now, introduced by Annie Kizik, then Corey Phillips takes on the very modern role of facilitator, coaxing answers from the personified towns of the island in our Locha Charm. And after the traditional May song, Tavagan Jurga, we hear Ruth Kegan in her role as Kate Corrin, a middle-class housewife, recently arrived in Upper Douglas, trying to bridge the world she was used to across and the mid-19th century Isle of Man in Annie Kizik's play, The In-Between Times. Welcome everybody to a changing world and is it not always changing even in our own little Isle of Man. This evening we would take you back to the middle of the 19th century Hard to imagine the lives of those people now, as they would undoubtedly find it hard to imagine ours. But we are not unconnected. We have their words, their songs, their music, their art, recorded memories, even photographs. And of course, our own imaginations to take us back for a while. So come with us to the season's edge. Thank you for joining me here today. We have certainly got our work cut out for us. But that's why I'm here. When you need change, new blood, you call in the best. And in Henry Locke, you've got the best. Now I think I, you know why we're here today. Tea and biscuits? Well, <laughs> no, Douglas, not tea and biscuits. Anyone else? Uh, the ports, do you know why we're here? Well, I thought there'd be tea and biscuits as well. <laughs> Of course, there's going to be tea and biscuits. What's a meeting without them? But that's not why we're here. Why I'm here. <laughs> Ramsay, I wouldn't expect anything less. But can anyone tell me, what are we doing today? The ports. Peel. Meeting? Yes, we're meeting. Right, okay. But why? Castletown. You're weirdly silent. Anything? No. Right, how about you, Douglas? For change? Yes, change! The Isle of Man needs change. The world is moving on. Technology is improving. There's an industrial revolution going on. Your 
arrived the 11th of May. As I have heard old Manxmen say, each horse was snugly stalled, and cows from off the grassy plain, ere soul had kissed the western main, were promptly homeward called. Hmm. Few horses and cows round here anymore. Swains and homely glee. Fiendish ire. Well, you're hardly Mr. Tennyson, I'm afraid, Mr. William Kennish. <laughs> and though Maytime and Mackled may once have had its charms, not to mention its witches, I'd rather look out of the window to see what May Eve 1866 in Douglas. Grateful thanks to James Franklin for that recording, of which that was an all-too-brief extract. But the good news is that James is now working on the video recording to make that available on the Culture Vannin website. Molya Solya, congratulations to Corey Phillips, Annie Kizak, Thornton Theatricals and Kurjan Kujach on their presentation at the season's edge. Tafogelon nostalgia, unspurl niche, ach shevo shan regeshe. Tanai je nostalgia, ernach taslai gimada e niche, shen search de enachten yonasach, tre tashu jichena rash, as ta kunichten yu a rudden mervad, kietaro se tre chai. For the nashen avad uns firinus. For the gol for the achna ye nashan land the row. Nye hod stanfoglons gregish, chitvush nostos, shen chit devalia, tanfogl lianunitlesh, algos, astashen chitter pian na crew. For the devel fissu ern fogelmer neuralgia, astashen pian dachterjur. Uns bretnish tafoglon hiraith, for the achna yain and jiachin, as murren gregish, ta trimja on shen. Hane enachten manra. Corey Phillips' play, Our Loch at Charm, personified the island's towns and made Castletown proud and rather stiff-necked about the fact that it was, at that time, the island's capital. But that changed in 1869 when Douglas became the capital. Comparing the past and present is a popular pursuit and people take pleasure in feeling nostalgic. It's something that Lochton books have embraced in a series of books, so far taking in Port Erin and Peel, using historic images from the collection of Ray Stanfield and comparing and contrasting them with what can be seen today. Lochton books have now published another book in the series, and here's Sarah Goodwins and George Hobbs to tell us more. The latest one is, is Castletown Past and Present, which um, it, it's sort of like a mini-series now, because we started off with Port Erin, and then last year we did Peel, this year Castletown, and next year we're hoping to do Ramsey Past and Present. Um, that's the plan anyway. It takes about six months to do one of these books, so it's it's 
uh, we can't do more than one a year. We just don't have the time. But this one's about Castletown. And once again, Ray Stanfield has loaned us his um, extensive collection of, of postcards, old postcards, which are amazing. I mean, we'd, we'd love to make a book about four times the size, but we, we, we just can't. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't sell for that sort of um, amount. And again, George Hobbs, my husband, has taken the modern photographs to match the old ones. Most of them, we have had some help from other people for various reasons, which I can go into in a minute. Um, and then I've put words to it to make it sort of like a, a past and present photographs with extended captions. What are the facts that have most surprised you? I think the thing that most surprised me when I saw the old photographs was just how small Castletown was. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge town now, but it's, it's, it's sizable now. But the, some of the old photographs, it's tiny. We've got, there's an aerial photograph in the book, and you think, is, is that all there was? And it, it wasn't even that long ago, about sort of 70 years ago. It was still very small. And it obviously expanded now. But I think that's the thing that surprised me most, that the, the, because of the, the grandeur of it being the former capital, and it's got this magnificent castle, and there's quite a lot of nice architecture. But there wasn't very much town, and that surprised me. One of the things that I found fascinating is that the, the old church, which obviously isn't a church anymore, but the former St Mary's Church, was built the way it was built so that soldiers who were um, on parade could actually march straight into the church off the parade ground, which is now the Market Square. And that's why the church was built the way round that it was built. Quite a lot of the hotels were originally either used by the troops or turned into barracks or were converted into hotels having been barracks. Turning to the illustrations in it, when we think of Castletown, obviously you can't help but think of the castle, but how many other images were you able to find amongst Ray's collection? Oh, we've got well over 100, I would say. And obviously it's a certain amount of legwork is required in order to go back and match them. In some cases, uh, I've had to cheat a little bit because where someone's been in a boat not very far offshore then I've uh, thought, right, I know, I can use my mega long lens and go round to Fort Island and take the view across the bay as opposed to bobbing about in a rowboat a few hundred yards offshore. Of course, what that does is to completely change the perspective of the picture and what you can see beyond. So there is a huge hangar from the airport looming over the back of the hotel in Derby Haven which was clearly not there in the old photograph. It hadn't been built, but you think, where's that sprung from? Mm. Obviously, not everything is the same. Nothing stays the same forever in any case. Mm. When it came to Derby Haven, you had to be inventive in the way that you uh, represented the, the, the modern. I think one of the more inventive areas was that Ray has a good selection of ancient shipwrecks of... Mm things on Langness or landed on the beach in the promenade at Castletown and fortunately for those people who are sailors there were no modern wrecks to uh, go out and photograph we'll leave the keg orbit out of this so in that instance yes we had to be a bit more creative in terms of what could we take in terms of a matching view and in some instances the rocks are still there and identifiable in other cases, well, we had to be inventive and you need to have a look in the book to see what we came up with. And then there was the whale that was uh, washed up on Derby Haven. <laughs> the whale was tracked down and is now flying, if that's the right word, in the Manx Museum in Douglas. So there is indeed a picture of the skeleton of the whale 
uh, taken from below and fairly nicely lit inside the museum as opposed to the giant carcass on the beach or on the flatbed trucks as they towed it away for whatever they did with dead whales in those days. Normally with these, uh, George takes almost the whole gamut of the modern photographs, but because of Covid restrictions and whatever, we feature King William's College because obviously that's part of Castletown, but they didn't want us to go in and take photographs partly to, because they didn't want us disturbing lessons and partly because of Covid regulations, they wanted to be very careful. So they actually loaned us quite a large number of the photographs of King William's College. Uh, and the other person that I, I would like to acknowledge, Lawn House, is, is amazing. I mean, it's this, this, this big stately home, well, it's not quite a stately home, but this big building that's almost in the centre of Castletown nobody knows about. It. You don't see it unless you go up to the top of the tower, you don't see it. But it's obviously somebody's private house. It used to be um, the Lieutenant Governor's house a long time ago, and then it became a hotel, or at least a, a boarding house, and then it was became a, a, a private house and possibly for business conferences as well. well. We weren't sure we could get access to this because we had some old photographs when it was a boarding house. But a lady called Patricia Tutt had already done a photographic shoot there for something that she was doing. And she very kindly let us use those photographs to match the ones that we already had. Quite a lot of them were quite a good match. I mean, you, you, we try and get things from the same angle and the same vantage point, and they weren't exact, but they were pretty good. Mm. And she's, she's, I mean, she's a very good photographer, so we were very grateful to be allowed to use those photographs, particularly in the COVID restrictions. It, it made life a bit easier. Than, um, than, than, than trying to talk somebody into letting them into the, letting us into their home to take photographs, which obviously wouldn't have been a very good idea. Again, due to the pandemic restrictions this year, not every property has been fully open to the public. So again, we required a certain amount of collaboration from people in national heritage in order to gain access to the Nautical Museum in particular. I know there is a weekly tour for booked groups who can visit things like the Nautica Museum and the Old House of Keys, but that's not quite the best opportunity taking photographs. Anyway, with collaboration, I was given a personal conducted tour by an expert who helped me to line up the shots and point out that's still there, that's gone, that hasn't changed at all from 1932, and you think that's absolutely amazing considering it was pretty well a preserved workshop in those days and still looks like you could almost turn the lathe on and get on with turning the uh, wood. It's a bit of a controversial subject in Castletown at the moment but uh, did you include any pictures of the Peggy? We have indeed taken some pictures of the Peggy. Uh, a few years ago after she had been removed from Castletown and to her current place on the Cool Road Industrial Estate we had a visit there on a day when it was open to the public and fortunately this was well before the days of this book even in our dreams we took enough photographs to come up with some interesting matches so the classic picture of Peggy in Castletown is the one it, through the gayer boathouse doors showing the stern of the vessel and yes I took one of those five or six years ago but in the confines of Cool Road rather than Castletown itself. So, yes, we have a number of shots of the Peggy, as she was and as I believe she still is now. Um, hopefully, 
we would see her return to home in the not too distant future. And the owners of the Peggy the Quail family, you found some quite interesting things about them. Oh yes, I mean one of the things that I would have loved, this isn't particularly for the book, one of the things I would have loved to have seen is the um, the mechanism for opening and closing the vault inside Bridge House, which I, I have seen a video of. Um, there are some photographs of the outside of Bridge House, obviously, but he was an amazing man with, with his inventions of um, all sorts of things. He, he seemed to like inventing things. Um, he was also a smuggler. People say, no, no, he was a, a, a small trader, but he was a smuggler. Of course he was. I mean, it, it, uh, smuggling was wasn't illegal on the Isle of Man, it was only illegal into the UK. Mm. So he was a quite legitimate trader from the island, but then halfway across the sea he became a smuggler as he was taking things into the UK. So no, no, he wasn't a smuggler at all. Um, but no, he's, he sounds like an amazing man to, to have known with, with all of his interests. And you know, he's a banker, he was a member of the House of Keys, he was um, a, a, an entrepreneur, should I say. He was an inventor of, of things. Very interested in technology because the, the Peggy had, was one of the very early boats with what I understand is a sliding keel where you can lower the keel into the water so that she can take more sail and go faster, but then raise it so she can get closer into shore. Things like that. He must have been fascinating. I th- I'm sure he would have loved today's technology. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we don't usually feature in the books are the reverse of the, the, the postcards, because obviously it's, it's a picture book with, with past and present, and it's the pictures that people like. But many of the postcards have been written and sent to all sorts of people. And it's fascinating sometimes, the, the things that you read, and some of them we have included in the book. I mean, there's, there's one picture that's actually got a French car in it, but it's sent to a French address, and the, the thing is, well, it's the, the, surely the car is, doesn't belong to the person writing the postcard or whatever, but it's an interesting connection. In the King William College um, postcards, there's a couple of uh, shots of the old science labs, the one physics science lab, one chemistry science lab, and we've got matching photographs. But it, those two old postcards are sent by the same young lad to his parents. You know, one's asking for extra pocket money or something, and the other one's saying, I've forgotten my braces or whatever it was. Can you post them on? And it's just, it's just a nice human thing to put in. But the one I like best is the one on the title page, which is... Um, we haven't got a matching shot for this because it's sort of a couple of Edwardian ladies holding up a life, be- a life belt and they, through the life belt you can see a photograph of Castle Russian which is a, a lovely scene but the back of the postcard says something like, you know, dear so-and-so, we are snowed up in Castletown, we can't get to see you. And you don't expect Castletown to have that much snow, but perhaps it was a, a special event or something. But it's that sort of thing that, that, that brings the postcards to life as well. It puts a bit of personality there. And we've, we've tried to include snippets in the book. And the book, as you say, is now forming a series with the, uh, the two other past and present books. Yeah. And you've managed to hold the price at the same, the same level. Yes, that surprised us a bit as well, because paper has gone up and, and, and everything. But we, we do try and produce quality books at a reasonably affordable price. So they're, they're, each of them is £13.95. I'm, I'm not going to guarantee that the Ramsey one will be held to that, but we will try. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yes, we, we, we think it's, well, we hope it's value. It's available now, yes, just in time for Christmas. Um, it's available all over the island. Um, you know, Lexicon, the book company, Bridge Bookshop um, sell copies. There are, um, the bookshop in Peel also sells copies, although they, Martin Bosch usually only sells second-hand copies. He is selling new copies of, of the Castletown book. Manx National Heritage have it, so um, uh, the, all of their outlets. And also the Gaslight Company in Castletown, yeah, 
um, she's got copies as well. So we're, we're hoping that people will find it an excellent Christmas present. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Sarah Goodwins and George Hobbs of Lochton Books and their new publication, Castleton, Past and Present. There we come to the end of Shachle for this week. So, from me, Eshvon Fiona McCardle, Slendu. <laughs>